We're going to start with a little picture. We're going to look at two pictures this afternoon, actually. A picture that we're going to open up with, and then the picture that we see in the Bible here. Think about stalactites. Those of you might, some of you might not know what stalactites are. A few years ago, we went, uh, I, am, I am actually incredibly claustrophobic. I don't know whether you feel the same. Going into small spaces is not great for me. And uh, going down into a Speedwell Cavern, you can see the beginning of the forming of stalactites. The stalactites and stalagmites. Uh, stalactites hold tight to the ceiling. That, so yeah, that's great, that, isn't it? You've learned something already. Stalactites hold tight to the ceiling and they form over huge periods of time as, as water drips down. Uh, they point to something. They point to the idea that, that there is a kind of a solidifying of a way. Initially, I guess, as water seeps through the ceiling, it drips all over the place. But gradually, over time, it forms into these stalactites and the water gets channeled and it drips in that particular way, it points to two things. The passing of time. You can look at a stalactite and see time has passed for that to be formed. But it also points to the idea that over time, we become pretty fixed in the way that things are. And that idea speaks to our chapter as well. So as we come to this final chapter, I want us to think about what does it really mean to live wisely. This chapter is an incredibly powerful and poignant chapter. It's a picture. It's, it's a pen picture. It's, it's, it's a way of portraying something. And so the first thing that we need to do, if you imagine that you you might walk into a, a gallery, a great gallery, and, and we might look at paintings uh, and as we look at paintings, we just see various things. You know the still life paintings that you might see with, with a vase and, a, and various other bits and pieces. If you, if you can interpret art, actually they, they speak about uh, different things. That are, they are symbol laden. They are, they are communicating something. It's not just a nice few things on a table. Certainly from the, the, the Renaissance times, it's communicating something. In exactly the same way, this is a portrait of a person. This chapter, these first eight verses, are the portrait of a person. The portrait, uh, those of you might watch it, uh, portrait artist of the year. Big fan. I love it. Uh, you know, pe people compete to try to outpaint everybody else. One gets dropped every week. They always hope that the person that sat in front of them is a kind of craggy, aged kind of person. A face filled with life. Something that communicates life. Youth doesn't carry a story in that way. It's time that carries those stories. But it doesn't also just convey time, it conveys pain, and it conveys the irreversibility of the time in which we have. That's what this chapter is about. It starts really powerfully. It says, remember your Creator in the days of your youth. It says, just, just start with that. Keep that in your mind. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth. 
because or before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. There's some debate about what that means. It might, might mean that you find no pleasure in the days, but most commentators suggest that there's going to come a day when sensual pleasure is no longer what you look for. I find no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain. It's, an, it's amazingly powerful, this picture. The, the, there is a moment in time when you realize that life has passed and the sunny days and the rainy days which bring refreshment are followed not by more sunny days and rainy days, but just with cloudy days. Days which are filled with that kind of overbearing misery and sadness. There is a passing of time and a passing of life, the teacher says, where this, this is how I feel. And then it goes into this beautiful picture, and it is a pen picture. We need to interpret it to understand it. When the keepers of the house tremble, the keepers of the house are the strong arms. When the arms that are strong to protect the house are no longer strong arms that can protect the house anymore, but they become palsied, shaking arms in later life. And the strong men stoop. The strongest part of the body is the legs. And there's a time when they stoop and they bend over. And they're no longer what they once were. When the grinders cease because they are few. <laughs> Been to the dentist lately? There's a kind of, well, maybe not in our day, but there was a day when the teeth are falling out and there's no longer gr any grinding being done. The chewing away is chewing on gums. In fact, if you haven't got teeth at the back, you have to chew with the front. We'll come back to that in a minute. There's no longer any grinding. And those looking through the window grow dim. There's a time when you could look out and you could see for miles. And you could look out on this beautiful world or you could see danger, whichever it was. But there's going to come a time when you look out and it doesn't work anymore. Your eyes are dimming. We're only, we're only one verse into the description. But already it's, it's a poignant picture, isn't it? It, it's a, it's a symbol-laden picture of the passing of time in our life. Can you stop that? Can you stop any of those? No. They come on sooner. They come on later. But the reality is that they come on one way or the other. We might have dentures these days. But they still need gluing in. And they still need a glass on the side of the bed. It's a poignant picture that the teacher is pit painting here. When the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades. When the lips are closed. When eating is no longer the pleasurable relational time of eating together and conversing but you've got to keep your mouth shut because if you don't keep your mouth shut because you're chewing at the front, 
it spits out all over the place. Now, that, that initially, that might sound somewhat humorous. But, but think about the limited uh, insufficiency. What happens to us as we decay? As we're no longer what we were? When people rise up at the sound of birds... In the ancient world, everybody pretty much rose up with the dawn. This is saying, this is actually talking about rising up even earlier. There's, there's a time when when you get older, you find that you're waking up all over the place. It's no longer what it once was. Those patterns of life are no longer there. There is a sense in which we're here and we're there and we, we no longer have that control over how we are. And even when we rise up, we're not filled with joy, but the songs are faint, and they're no longer there. When people are afraid of heights and of danger in the streets, you know when you're young, you are, well, for those of you who are of a certain age, you'll remember Captain Scarlet. Captain Scarlet was indestructible, uh, and he fought the Mysterons. And some of you are thinking, what is he on about? Just go and YouTube it. It's brilliant. Captain Scarlet was indestructible. That's how we feel when we're young. That's how we feel. Nothing, we're impervious to all sorts. It just never, it's never going to hit us. But there is going to come a time when the hill seems just too steep when I just can't do it anymore. And I go out into the streets, and the streets which I once enjoyed are now the streets which make me fearful. Now, the reality is that the streets haven't changed all that much. But I've changed. I no longer feel that I can protect myself and defend myself and be part of the ebb and the flow of the city life. I'm now, I now feel vulnerability. I am vulnerable. There is, there is a, a, just a powerful picture there in, in the way we are when the almond tree blossoms. You know, the almond tree apparently it blossoms in the winter. When all of the other trees are brown and bare, or brown at least, the almond tree goes white just a bit like our hair. And the wheel, broken at the well, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well. In the ancient world, if you could not draw water, you were going to die. And there is a moment in time when that inevitability is moving on. When death comes and the dust returns to the ground it came from and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. That's that picture that we've just painted, that picture which has been painted before us now for thousands of years is so powerful, isn't it? What I find fascinating about this is we're looking at this book which was written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, thousand years ago, 
2,000, 3,000 years ago. And yet, there is a reality that for all of our scientific capabilities, for all of our advancement as a human race, really, all that we have done is we've moved along the inevitable. We commented a few weeks ago, didn't we, about the idea that, was it in 1066, I'm 28, I've lived a good life. All that we've done is we've moved that on. We've not solved the problem. Because the reality is the human experience of our decaying, declining perspective of life the decaying, decaying, declining reality of our physicality. And what the teacher is saying is, I I guess you could almost imagine the teacher now is this aged man who's, who's wrapped up in cloaks, who's sitting on his chair, and he says to you, come and, come and, come and along here. Come and sit beside me. Let let me tell you about life. He's saying, look at me in a sense. But he's prefixed that experience of life, not with tragedy. (laughs) He's, He's prefixed this experience of life with hope. He's actually said, remember your Creator in the days of your youth before He's saying, here's your opportunity. Here is your life laid out before you. The teacher is reflecting on life as an old man. I guess this book has been about an older man reflecting back on life and he's saying, I tried so much. I pursued so many things. I followed after so much. But if it was all about following after that stuff, I conclude, verse 8, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. That's what I conclude if it's all about pursuing those things. Because all of those things that I pursued have not delayed the reality of my experience now as I shiver underneath the cloak. Remember Him, we repeat in verse 6. Remember Him. That's powerful. Whenever you get a repeat in the Bible, it's really important. He says, remember your Creator. Then He goes through life and He says it ends in death. And then He says, remember Him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken. Before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well. The silver cord is severed. What's that all about? In the ancient world, apparently, there were delicate lamps, lightweight lamps that were held up by, by uh, material that had silver thread running through it, and they were hung up high up, and they, they would be lit. And it would provide, if you like, a light to the, the whole of the room, but But over a long, long period of time, this material exposed right next to this heated lamp, even though though it's got silver thread running through it, eventually it would harden up 
it would, it would uh, carbonate, the, the silver would become weakened, and then it was not unusual for the lamp to come crashing down. As I thought about that picture, it just seemed such, such a, an amazing little picture of life. With this lamp that is burning bright for so long, it looks so great with its new material and its thread, and it sends out such a good light. And it's there, and it works, but like that, the cord breaks, and the lamp is smashed on the floor. It passes so quickly, and it ends so absolutely. And the teacher is saying, please sit alongside me. Please listen to what I'm saying. He's saying, remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Why is that? Why does he say that? I think he says it because he's, he's encouraging you to realize that the life that you form in your youth is the life that you are shaped with throughout the rest of your life. And I guess the teacher would be saying, do you know what? I'm still talking to you at 50-odd when I talk about youth because your life is still there. You know, life is passing. You've still got time. But what we are is what we become to a great extent. We need to question, we need to think. Firstly, there is a negative. There is a negativity in the way that that uh, remember while you are young, while you are a youth, is speaking about. I, I guess we come back to our stalactite. Drips all over the place, dropping down from the ceiling. But over time, they start, to, they start to not drip in all sorts of places because they're forming into a bigger drip in one place. And that, that calcifying as the, as the minerals solidify under the water, it, it means that it doesn't drip anywhere else. It's becoming solid. There is a way in which the way we are becomes the solid way in which we think. The patterns of life that we establish becomes the patterns of life that we live. Life has a way of fixing us in certain emotions, in certain responses. It's the way that we just become. It, something happens and, and it takes such a massive intervention for us to not think the way we did last time again. We've become the way we are. We are shaped by those experiences. And I suppose the teacher, as he pulls the chair up alongside his bed, and he says to you, sit down next to me and listen. He's saying this, I guess. The way you are, as a rebellious sinner against God, is precisely the way that you will continue to be. Please, remember your Creator now. That's what he's saying. He's saying there's just a great Creator God to engage with. 
Uh, there are many people I've chatted to who look at life and feel as though life is, is filled with excitement, and, and what I'll do is I'll think about faith later on in life. I, I think for most, most people, that is a pretty surefire way of becoming calcified in a particular pattern which does not experience faith. We become solid in the way that we are and not shapeable in the way that we should be. And so the teacher says, don't do that. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Remember Him because the silver thread will eventually break and the lamp will come crashing down. That's the negative. But I also think the teacher has another joy-filled encouragement to tell you to remember your Creator in the days of your youth. There is a positive perspective. There is a reason why he's saying, I really want you to do this. Because there is a sadness of old age, isn't there? There is a sadness. There is a passing of time. There is a limitation. I can no longer be what I once was. I can no longer do what I once could do. I, I am no longer there. Some of you might already be experiencing that. Some of you it might feel so far away. The reality is, it is, it is a few breaths away, it seems. As life passes on, it seems as though you've heard old people you know, those really old people, sort of over 50, uh, who are saying, oh, it just gets quicker. The older you get, time passes quicker. Honestly, it is true. It seems as though time passes quicker the more time goes on because we're filled up with so much. There's so much to do. You know, you, you probably say it. Enjoy your school life. That, that never worked with me. I hated school, actually. School was the worst time. It got better after school. But looking back, there was a time when summers were always sunny. Remember that? They seemed to be endless. You seemed to be out playing all the time. You could do so much, and yet now it seems so quick. It passes so quickly. And what, I guess what he's saying is, remember your Creator now, because what what builds up within you is another life. There is another life that builds up inside of you. As the one is decaying on the outside, so there is something building up on the inside. There's a little section in verse 5. It says, the grasshopper drags itself along. And desire, is, desire no longer is stirred. I think that's just a great little picture. Grasshopper, you know the kind of, it's a picture of a kind of a bony old man who, who's got knees sticking out and his spine is sticking out through the skin. Uh, and he's kind of moving along. But this is saying, remember your Creator in your days of your youth because it is possible that there might be an outer experience 
of a life which is decaying away, while at the same time there is an inner experience of a life which is growing and flourishing. Wow! How amazing is that? A life which is growing up inside of us, a life which is real, which is vibrant, which is impervious to the life which is ebbing away on the outside. Because that's my experience. That's my experience of faith in Jesus. That what was back there, what I really believed, becomes more and more precious as time goes on. Because it is a life which is building up. You know that stalactite with the water that is just dripping down? It looks, it looks wet. It looks as though you could just shake it. It looks like jelly because it's covered in water. But it is solid underneath. You will not move it. There is a fortitude developed inside, built up inside. Let me encourage you, while you are young, build that up because it is so precious. It is so important. It is so strong when bad things come along. It is that which holds us up. When the skeleton is failing, when the body is failing, it is the solidity inside. Do you fear aging? Do you fear fear, uh, uh, and realize that unstoppable rolling of time? Yet at the same time, there is the potential of creating a relationship with Jesus which builds over time, becomes more precious over time, and can never be shaken. It is the sweetest of lives. That I begin to realize that what I might lose as time passes by, I gain so much more that my relationship with my Father in heaven, my Creator, that I am remembering through life, it is so special. It's actually Andy's granddad wrote a book. Jock Purvis wrote a book. It's about Scottish Covenanters. Scottish Covenanters, eight of them, the lives that they lived, many of them were killed because of their faith. But, but he wrote about eight of them, and the book was called Goodbye, Sweet Believing. It was mentioned to me a few weeks ago. I, I guess at that moment, it was one, what one of the guys said as his life was about to be taken from him. I guess for him it was that moment of realizing that all of this building up inside of me, all of this growing relationship has been so incredibly precious to me. That that is why I think the teacher is saying, remember your Creator in the days of your youth. He's saying... This is so special, this is so precious, that you want to grow this for all of your life. You want this to be building up inside of you for all of your life. I think we take this passage so often as such a dire warning. 
And it is a warning. We saw that it was a warning, but it's an encouragement as well. It's saying, live your life wise. The teacher is saying, I've reflected on life, and I've realized that I've pursued all sorts of things, and they have ultimately proved to be futile. I wonder whether the teacher is reflecting now and saying, do you know what? I I wish I'd pursued my Creator. I wonder whether that's what he's reflecting on. He's saying, I've pursued all of these things, but as time has gone on, I've realized that I, there is something way more precious. That, that's the great bit. Because you might be no longer a youth, but you can still listen to the teacher who's saying, remember, do it this way. Allow it to build up. Do you know, I think... I think when the fear of aging becomes so significant in our mind, I wonder whether the hope in Jesus can grow much quicker when we realize how significant it is. I think that's the case. There was a great advert a few, a few years ago now. Some of you will remember it. It, it had the strap line, Live Young. It was for Evian, the water company. Some of you will remember it. It was a brilliant advert. The guy was walking along this uh, high street. He looked as if he had the cares of the world, and and he was about to get on a bus, and he saw in the reflection a little baby or a toddler. And he kind of took a bit of a double take, and he he went to a car mirror, and he twisted the mirror. He looked into the mirror, uh, and there was this toddler looking back at him. It's as though he might be this kind of, I don't know, 30-something. But inside, there's this toddler still looking back at him. And he turned and he looked in the window. And there's this toddler looking back at him. And then the toddler starts to dance. And that's about as much dancing you're going to get from me. The toddler starts to dance. And then the the guy who's in his 30s, he starts to dance back to the toddler. And other people see him dancing to this toddler and they look into the window and they see their own toddlers reflected back at them. And they start to dance and they're all dancing and then it concludes with this old lady who's walking a dog who starts to dance even before she sees the toddler in the window. And I think that's brilliant. That there is an, there is an inner vibrancy that that's trying to convey. It's fictitious, isn't it? But the reality is that I honestly believe that remembering your Creator in the days of your youth is the very way to live vibrantly, to live young as we age. Because there is life that can never be taken away. Jesus said this. He said, when when people were wanting to dismiss children from Him, He said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I want to live spiritually young. I want to live spiritually as a toddler before Jesus. That's not saying I don't want to grow up spiritually, but I don't want to become cynical. I don't want to become kind of dark and angry and angst. I want to grow up loving relationship with Jesus. 
I want to grow up where my body might be failing all over the place, but there is an enemy which is just dancing. Because I am dancing in the presence of Jesus. My heart is thrilled and excited and joyful and filled with an unquenchable happiness which cannot be taken away. I want to remember my Creator. I want it to build up. I want it to grow. I want it to be the kind of solidity inside the stalactite which doesn't allow it to be shaken no matter what happens. That's, live with, that's living wise. The interesting thing is stalactites grow down from the ceiling. But there's an interesting phenomenon that happens from the ground up. A stalactite, as the water drips down, it lands on the floor and it starts to build upwards as well. That stalactite has no awareness, if it could think, has no awareness of the stalactite growing up towards it. But eventually, they join. Jesus said, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. There is a solidity in my life growing down, which is growing up in eternity. And there is a moment when those two will join. And I will be one life. You know, I, I, all tears will be taken away. I don't understand this. I don't get this. But there is a sense in which I, will, I have to know something of the joy of the crucified Jesus as my hope in heaven. I've got to know that because it's the only reason I'm there, that He saved me. And there's therefore that oneness of my life as an, is an incredibly important element of me. Here's the thing. That, that stalactite can only join the stalactite if it's built on something solid in the future. If that water is just dripping into a river, it will never become one. My prayer for all of us here today is that we remember our Creator with such joy that we know that our stalactites are growing up in heaven so that the stalactites that we hold on tightly to life now will one day be connected because we have remembered our Creator in the days of our youth.